Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday, September 21st, 2015. My name is Michael Clark. We're here tonight to talk about the only true impenetrable asset protection program found anywhere in the world. And we've got clients in quite a few countries now. So with that being said, we're go- tonight's talking points is about the trustees. I want to go over the the what the trustees do, the trustees in the in the STS program, which stands for Specialized Trust Strategies, Tres- Specialized Trust Strategy, affectionately known as the STS program. Um, we're here tonight to, um, to talk about the trustees, I said, because that's an integral part of the, uh, of the STS program, and there's several reasons for that. But we're going to start out with the statutory trust documents, as we always do. Statutory trust documents, um, in a statutory trust document, which is any, any trust that's created according to the statutes of a particular state or province of a country, any, any, any trust that's created under those laws. Statutes are simply laws created by the legislators in those states or provinces, primarily. So, the um, the first one is the personal. If you're a personal trust trustee, if you create your trust or you have it created where you are the trustee, you don't know about the STS program, so you create a trust through an attorney. You can create a trust yourself. You can go into some of the office supply stores and uh, get the documents to create a trust. And somebody uh, somebody said one of the bankers in Canada... Um, when they went in to open their account, their account said they'd never seen a trust like this and wanted to know uh, who the attorney was that set it up. Guys, you do not need an attorney to set up a trust. I know in, from from talking with Ed Gilmore uh, this last six months to a year, I've learned a lot about the uh, about Canada Revenue CRA, uh, as it's known. And um, um, one of the things I've I've learned, they really have a lot of control in Canada. And uh, along with the attorneys, the attorneys in Canada have a lot of control. But some of the things, you still have personal rights and uh, to where you can do things on your own. All of the property that you own personally, that you're thinking about putting into a trust, all of the property that you own, guys, that you have the right, Canadian or, or U.S., you have the right to do what you want with that property, okay, as long as it's not illegal or against public policy. <clears throat> and that includes, you can, you can buy, you can buy uh, stuff with it, you can sell it, you can gift it, you can donate it, you can assign it, or you can exchange the assets in return for trust certificates. Trust certificates are very powerful in a pure contract trust, and that's, what, that's the type of trust 
that we have. It's a non-statutory trust based on a contract, private contract, between you and the creator for Specialized Trust Strategy for Master's Protection Group, actually, not SDS. Our creator, and we've got several of them, they create, and, and their name will be on your trust initially, they, uh, your trust documents, their, their duty is to create the pure contract trust according to specific rules, regulations. Um, there's five components to a pure contract trust, and uh, don't even ask. <laughs> as I mentioned in the seminar the other day, as soon as Coca-Cola gives up their secret, I will, I will release the, uh, the five components. I spent about... Uh, I spent quite a lot of time, about 12 years, putting everything together to make sure I had the right document, and I'm not going to give it away. Um, I, uh, I did give copies of the trust once to, uh, in the very beginning to a couple attorneys, two different areas of the country. They didn't know each other, but both tried to copy, start copying. They realized the power of the document, and uh, both started... Uh, both. Uh, started making copies of our documents. They didn't know how to defend them yet, but they started making copies. And um, we put a stop to that very quickly. And so now I want everybody on this call to understand that we, um, that we are, when you get your documents, they're proprietary documents, okay? You're not to share those with anybody. Um, you're supposed to, those are for you. You can show them to somebody on a need-to-know basis, such as an attorney. Uh, but I can tell you this. If you take them to an attorney, which many people have, they said, Mike, uh, I got my documents. I'm going to take them down. I'll have my attorney take a look at it and blah, blah, blah. Guys, I, I can do, tell you right now, which has happened in probably 99.9999% of the time. That attorney does not have, cannot um, sell you a pure contract trust. They don't know the first thing about it. They know they're all versed in and educated in statutory documents, including statutory trusts. I'm just giving you some backup information here, and then we'll get right back to the, the uh, position of the trustees in a statutory uh, trust. So anyway, that's what they'll do. They're, they will badmouth this, this program, and they will call it a scam, whatever they want to do. But I'll tell you, I know a couple thousand attorneys across the U.S., uh, in the last um, 20 years, it's been 20 years now that since I first started, went to my first seminar and started researching the pure contract trust. It's what the super wealthy use to protect their financial empires. And uh, so why can't we use it too? We can use it, okay? Don't let anybody ever tell you that, that you can't, well, you can't use that. Kind of, uh, in Canada, I've talked to some attorneys and they said, well, well, contract law is different than in the U.S., Okay, Mr. Attorney, in what respect? And I've had a couple of them hang up on me, and the others just didn't have an answer. But the one I sat with in Calgary, uh, he was very—he was a good attorney, and he was—he uh, was open to hearing something new. And by the time we finished, um, he was—he uh, was on board with what we had. He didn't get on board with us yet. He's not that—he's not an attorney, a contract attorney, or anything. But he really—he did have to say that, man, what we've got uh, is real. So, personal trustees. This is a personal is when you have a trust created for you, or you create a trust yourself. And generally, you will open, or you will appoint yourself as the trustee. As the trustee, you then have the, uh, um, you then put all of your assets into a statutory trust. Now, this is U.S. or Canada. 
and probably the most common is known as the uh, the living trust. There's also crummy trust, charitable remainder trust, irrevocable trust. Guys, there's about 30 or 40 different trusts, maybe more, maybe a little less in every state in the U.S. and in every province in Canada. They have different different uh, statutory trusts uh, depending on what you want to do with it. However, understand, everything in a statutory entity, everything in a statutory entity is subject to the rules, laws, and regulations of that particular state or province. Okay, They're subject to control by through whom you started the, the, the trust program. And you generally have to have it recorded in whatever state or province it's been um, it's been initiated in. And you also then, upon uh, the death of the person or persons in the, uh, in the trust that create the creator of the trust, which is generally yourself, you create it, you appoint the, you, you transfer your assets to it according to the form, according to the rules. And you, uh, you then, uh, um, appoint yourself trustee and you appoint yourself beneficiary. It's all you, 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 it's not even a contract. Well, it's an adhesion contract at best. And an adhesion contract is, if you've come on the call very often, you've heard me talk about it a little bit, an adhesion contract is a take-it-or-leave-it contract. Uh, you follow the rules that they set up, the powers that be set up, and that's it. No, no, you don't have any input into it except signing your name. And a couple examples would be uh, a corporation, whether it's U.S. or Canada, when you set up a corporation, you file it according to all the questions on the application you fill out, whether you fill it out online, whether you print out an application and, and mail it in, whatever you want to do with it. Um, it is according to the rules set up by that state or province, and all of them are a little bit different here and there. Anything that you set up through the state would be in that way. Or uh, when you go down to get your driver's license, um, when they say, we'll give you a driver's license in this state or in this province, um, you fill out this application. Now, that application binds you, as does any application to, in a statutory environment. It binds you according to the laws, the, the rules, and the regulations of that particular state or, um, or um, province. And, um, but you, you don't have any input whatsoever. They've got the rules set for you, so it's a take it or leave it. If you don't want to, if you don't want to fill it out and and um, use it according to the ways we give you permission to, then you uh, then you just don't get a driver's license or you don't get a corporation. Okay. A um, couple things about a personal being a personal trustee, and probably the most important, if it's a statutory trust. Again, I'll use a living trust as an example. If it's a statutory trust that you've created, you'll, mark, you'll put yourself as trustee. Understand that everything that's in all of your assets, that you're, whatever you transfer to that trust, is subject to loss because you're the owner. If you get a personal lawsuit against you, you're the owner. Uh, and as we, you've heard me say many times, and for those of you that we, I know we've got quite a few new people on the uh, We've got quite a few new people on the call tonight. If um, if you're the owner, anything you own can be taken from you. When I first started my research back in, uh, oh, I think it was August of uh, 1995, I went to that seminar of which I first was was uh, was made it was first made known to me of what a pure contract trust was. 
had no idea it even existed. And I was going, I had went to school. Um, I had done some schooling to become an attorney. That was going to be, I would iron work during the day and go to school at night. That was going to be my thing. I wanted to be an attorney. I had a, I had tremendous faith in that. I wanted to help people with the law, blah, blah, blah. And um, well, I'm not going to say anything about corruption. I'm just going to stay away from that tonight. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, anyway, the... Um, as the trustee of a statutory trust, you are liable for everything and anything. If you're if you have a car accident and it's, it maybe it's a bad one, and you're gonna you're sued, and you've got a corporation, they'll find it in a heartbeat. This day, guys, you can't hide anything. If anybody thinks they can even go offshore and hide anything, <clears throat> this day and age, they're kidding themselves. Okay, and I'll, I'll expand on that when I get into the appointed trustee. But anyway, they they um, they'll not only take they can not only take all of your personal assets, but they can also take all of your professional or your business assets. Why? Because your profession, you're you're it's under your name. You are the man, or you are the woman, and uh, they'll take everything. It links together. If you have a corporation in Canada or the U.S., it links together. You're the owner personally of all your assets. They'll take those, and you also own the corporation, and that's the huge difference. Between between the the statutory trust, the one the one created by the legislators of the state or province you live in, and uh, uh, excuse me, just very dry tonight for some reason. Got to keep uh, got to keep um, drinking water here. So anyway, it's uh, it's all linked back to you. They'll take everything you own. They'll take your if, if the lawsuit's big enough and they get a judgment against you. They'll take everything, okay? Um, so that's probably the main thing um, is the fact that you're liable. And it says, um, and that's one of the best, biggest benefits you have um, through starting the STS program. And guys, things are getting worse and worse. Don't They're not getting better yet, okay? So you better, uh, I guess the, the easiest way to say it is you better get yourself protected because there's more and more lawsuits being Filed and you don't realize it because that's not part of your business. Um, I check lawsuits all the time. We get I have I have case law sent to me by various clients, by people that are thinking of becoming clients, by different attorneys, by different um, tax professionals. They send me, Mike. What about this? What about that? Or here's something I think you ought to be aware of, Mike. The uh, these this case law that just happened by college professors that I've worked with and and. Uh, uh, met some time ago when I was first putting the whole program together, which started in 1995. So we are uh, 20 years into it. It's been 20 years, and you know what? We're still making. We're still evolving. Once your once your statutory trust is put together, and the worst thing you could have, in my opinion, is an irrevocable trust. An irrevocable trust doesn't protect you at all. You can lose everything in an irrevocable trust if something happens, and there's a reason to be able to sue the trust, okay? And, and it has happened on, on many, many, many occasions. What an irrevocable trust is, it means that once you've put down everything in the trust, you've, you've transferred the assets, you've set, up the, uh, the, um, you've set up the terms of the trust, et cetera, et cetera, um, it can't be changed. That's all an irrevocable trust is. It doesn't mean you've got any protection there. And, um, and you don't. You really don't. Um, so an irrevocable 
thing that I would uh, um, it's the last thing that I would um, set up for any of my clients. And I said that all the way back into the uh, into the 80s when we were um, uh, when I had my brokerage firms. I was a partner in a brokerage firm, me and another fellow in Chicago, and we did estate planning and financial planning. And um, we never did an irrevocable trust because things change, as we all know. This, especially this day and age, the world is changing faster than any of us can keep up with it. And um, uh, so, irrevocable, you can't you can't meet those changes. And probably the best example is uh, if you have any children with um, special needs children. Okay. Um, you don't want to put, a minute, put stuff in a foundation or a, uh, a this or that, anything statutory. You can put it into the program, into the STS program, and those funds are 100% protected. Okay, you don't own them; they're 100% owned by the trust, i.e., the LLC or the Canadian corporation, and they are have a lien put on top of them, so they are 100% protected, guys. Um, and when some people call and say, well, what about a foundation? And I'm not getting off track here. I just want you to, I just thought about this and I wanted to mention it for some of the people. We always get calls, well, Mike, how do I, can I set up a, a foundation through the STS program, Trust One? Yes, you can. But as Bill Tully said, and he's he's been uh, on many boards or many foundations, um, it's getting tougher and tougher. The rules are getting tighter. Uh, one little mistake and they'll shut it down. They will... Uh, They'll freeze it, okay? So you got and and, and they they have tremendous amount of scrutiny over foundations now, okay? So um, you can do a lot of things. You don't need a foundation to do it. You can do it with a corporation. You can do it with an LLC. You can do it with another trust, if that's what you want, okay? Now, the second part is the private, pure contract trust, of which. You transfer everything as an individual. You transfer all of your assets to Trust One. You fill out our application, and uh, all of uh, and we'll start. The creator will immediately start creating your create your trust for you, and it's based on the uh, the, the five prerequisites, the components, and um, you fill out the application. But you're not the trustee. You can't put yourself down as trustee. The, the, the uh, creator has to have total authority to appoint whoever he wants as trustee. So you'll notice on the application, whether you do it online or whether you get an application and then you fax it or email it back to us, you'll notice the application when it comes to the trustee for Trust 1 and for Trust 2, it states suggested first trustee, suggested second trustee. And we... Um, We have probably half of our clients that are single. They're a single trustee, and half of our clients are, are um, a husband and wife or two people. It doesn't have to, you know, if you are single, you can appoint somebody else to to help you as trustee. But I would always put, always put your name down as trustee, my friends. A lot of times they suggest you, attorneys suggest you don't do that in a statutory environment. But I, I don't know why they would even suggest that. And I'll give you an example here. This is for um, uh, this is back for personal trustee. If you put somebody else on there as a trust as a trustee, I mean that's fine. But make sure that they have the same goals for that trust after you're gone that they do. Okay, make sure that that they're they're going to do what you want them to do. 
And as in the um, STS program, Trust One specifically, which is where you set yourself up, always appoint yourself as one of the trustees, at least one of the trustees, okay? And you and your spouse, you, both of you would be trustees of the, of the trust. Uh, you can bring on other people if you want, but we more but more than that, we suggest you, we, we've got minute order number seven, of where you can list the successor trustees for your trust. And as you list the sex successor trustees, they can be your kids, they can be really whoever you want them to be. It doesn't have to, I mean, it doesn't even have to be your kids, um, but most generally, I would say probably 100% of our people do that, that have kids, um, because they you want to keep it in the family, Okay. Now, also, you can use the trust. Uh, I, I don't talk about this very often. I just thought of it, so I want to bring it up to you. You can you can use the trust um, to keep some of the kids from from being part of the trust. Uh, one second here. You can keep some of the kids out. Now, fellow had a very successful business. Now, see if it's a if it's a corporation or a or a uh, an LLC guys they can they can challenge that upon your demise they can challenge that and file suit um, to to get put on that trust anybody can file a suit and hold it for up to eight hold your whole probate up for 18 months um, and and there are people that go out of that hey Alberta thanks for coming on the call they people go um, uh, people people use that to extort money from the uh, executors of the trust well you know, you, depending on the size of it, and they can go to the courtroom and find out everything about um, what's what's in there, what trusts are up, who passed away. It's statutory trust. Um, it's easy to find out that information. So they will they will try to extort money, and, and some of them are very successful. So they um, um, they send you a letter. They contact you in some way and say, "Hey, you give me five hundred dollars, or a thousand dollars, or ten thousand dollars, and I'll drop my suit." I will not contest this uh, this probate, okay? Uh, this trust, whatever it may be. Um, so anyway, um, that's another thing you want to you want to do to keep from having any problems at all. Um, you, the trust does eliminate probate, and uh, you just don't want anybody to come against the trust or come against anything else. Um, as an appointed trustee here, when you start the STS program. You are not automatically a trustee. You do not appoint anything. You leave it in the hands of our our creator. And our creator, in every case so far, we haven't missed one yet, to my knowledge, um, he, he, he has no reason not to appoint the person that's listed on your application as trustee. And if he does list somebody by accident, if, if they would, um, and you get your documents back and you see that it's not the trustee that you want, beings, i.e. yourself and or your spouse, um, you just simply contact us. You don't sign the documents. You don't have a valid contract yet. Um, and we'll correct it for you. Then you will have a valid contract when you sign the documents. There's no signatures on the on the hard copy documents. So um, you're not obligated in any way. You still own your assets. Okay. Um, but initially, uh, the moment you submit your application, it's a tentative contract. So until something where there's a problem, um, your assets are owned tentatively by Trust One instantly, the moment we receive your application. Okay, so as a uh, as an appointed trustee, um, it's got some some unique powers to it. One, 
in case law everywhere, the trustee is not responsible for problems of the of the uh, uh, contract trust. And if the contract trust is sued or anything, they can't come after the trustees. In a statutory trust, because you are the the owner of the assets, case law all over the all over the place. It says that the trustees in a statutory trust are the owners of the assets. So they come after you personally. They take all the assets in the trust, basically all, except for irrevocable, basically all trusts are um, revocable. And um, the judge will tell the, tell the defendant, sell the assets in your trust and uh, give the proceeds to the plaintiff that got, uh, got a judgment against you. Okay, Not going to happen in a pure contract trust. In a pure contract trust, it, uh, the, the trustee is not responsible for any actions taken against the trust, nor is the trust responsible for any actions taken against the trustee. Uh, if, if actions in a statutory trust, if somebody's suing you for something, you own the trust. That's just part of your personal property, so they can take your trust as well. And um, uh, so anyway, one of the biggest uh, probably the biggest um, benefit is the fact that none of our documents in Trust One are are recorded anywhere. The only one that knows who the trustees are is you or you and your spouse. Okay, anybody else? It doesn't matter because you're only an appointed trustee. I used to be very concerned when we first started this, and as I learned and as the as I read more case law and got more involved, you know, continued to research and, and make it stronger and, and it's evolving to this day we've make we're making changes um, at least every month we make we find out something that makes it a little bit stronger we reword something or um, or else we just find some case law that that we didn't have before and it just uh, backs up everything we already know so the um, the trustees are appointed by the, the trustee number one is appointed by the creator. And upon that, the creator um, then, re then resigns. He, he leaves everything in your hands. And the creator resigns, and he uh, um, leaves you as the number one appointed trustee. And you, in turn, then, if you have a spouse or somebody else that you'd like to be with you as a trustee, you then appoint the, the, uh, the, the second trustee. Okay, so... In essence, once you're appointed first trustee and you appoint a second trustee, you two are known as the board of trustees. And um, and you're in total control of everything in the program. You're in total control of the of the entire program, including the bank accounts, and it's private. Nobody has to, nobody has to, um, uh, you don't have to give any information to anybody. But one of the nicest things is, as I mentioned, is that the trust here is not recorded. And then nowhere is it recorded. Totally 100% private. Uh, trust, when you turn in your applications on a statutory trust to the state or the province, uh, anybody, because of um, um, public knowledge, you know, anybody can go in and look at what's in your trust, look at what's in your, your corporation, look at what's in your, your um, LLC, any, any business documents you've got here, because they are, you know, you fill out the application and they're, and they're recorded. Here they're not. You don't have to be concerned. It's all private. Now, the trustees of the trust then appoint the, um, the managers of the uh, uh, LLC and uh, the, um, 
the officers of the corporation, whatever officer, whatever names you want to give yourself, president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. But they appoint, the, the, the trustees of Trust One appoint, which is you, appoint the officers of the corporation. Okay, And we're getting right directly into corporations in Canada, no more LLCs. Um, I think we're right at that point. Lawrence has helped a lot with that. So um, that's where we're at with the trustees, guys. They have total control of everything. They have total control. In statutory trust, the beneficiaries have, have beneficial uh, rights in a trust, and they can. the trustee is subjective to the, the, the whims of the, uh, of the beneficiaries. And there's a special case in Florida after Hurricane Charlie that um, a fellow's house was destroyed. He had made his children beneficiaries of his trust, not an STS trust, a regular living trust. Three kids, they could not, and they acted as though they thought they had should have control of him rebuilding his house. They couldn't, um, couldn't determine how the changes they wanted to make, regardless of what he wanted. Um, so they, uh, it, it took over three years before he had got his house rebuilt. Um, and guys, you, you want to be very careful. But when I had my living trust, before I knew of the, S, uh, of the pure contract trust, um, and I, we always told our clients, you remain as beneficiary until the time you die. And then you have a minute order or something that states that the, upon my death, so-and-so is to become the uh, beneficiary. Okay? You don't want to give anybody any control over what you do. Um, some, some beneficiaries, because the trusts were valuable, there's actually case law out there that they, um, they had the, the initial trust creator, their dad or whoever it was, committed because they voted to have him committed and taken off as trustee and put in a nursing home or put somewhere. Um, and it was strictly out of greed, strictly out of greed. And uh, they, got it, they got it successfully done. And uh, some of them were overturned later. There's a lot of cases like that. So anyway, that is the power of the trustees and, and the tremendous power of the trustees and protection of the trustees in the STS program, Trust One and Trust Two. They are not liable to any of the powers that be. They're only appointed. You can't hold your. You can't be held liable for anything. Okay. So with that, guys, I've got some questions. But if you have any questions regarding the trustees, by all means, type them in, and I will get to them and answer them. And in the meantime, I've got some questions here that people had sent in on email. Um, and um, I'm going to go over them right now. Let's see. I was speaking to one of our, an STS client today, and he has the que this question for you. He just bought a new piece of property. The bank would not let him do it through the trust or LLC and forced him to put it in his own name using his personal well-established credit. And guys, that let me let me break off here for a second. And that that is understandable. You're still not going to give a mortgage to some some person or something that doesn't have any credit. So that's what I've said many 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 times. 
start developing some credit for your your trust one for your LLC or for your Canadian corporation start developing credit immediately you can do this by getting a, a, a simple credit card at, at a Sears or a Pennies or something go out and buy something uh, and uh, make payments on it I don't care if they're $12 a month make payments on them never miss a payment always be two days early and I would get several credit cards and pretty soon before you know it after six or seven months you've got some credit developed for that particular um, entity, for your trust or for your LLC or for your corporation, okay? You have to start developing credit. And uh, if you want to pay cash for something, then fine. You can put it right in your trust or your LLC or your corporation and force him to put it in his own name using his personal well-established credit, okay? And I've done that when I was first starting my trust. Um, since the STS is already established, Okay, if he's got credit established, it's not just having the SDS established, it's having credit established for the uh, trust and for the the uh, LLC or corporation. Okay, since the SDS is already established, we cannot use Schedule B1 uh, or B2. Schedule B2 is for personal property, okay, to transfer the legal equitable title of the new property to. Um, to the STS. Okay, if there's a mortgage on there, yeah, you're not going to be able to, to do that until you get credit and the bank or the, insta, the, the, the loaning institution wants to give you credit to put it in, in your name. Um, but that's not, it's not, in the beginning, it's not that important um, because of the fact that you can still protect the equity. Okay, you can still protect the equity of the, uh, of the, property and that's what that's the that's what this program is all about protecting your assets it's not about taxes it's not about anything else it's about protecting your assets and you can do that you're protecting your assets in real estate the asset really in anything uh, as you know there are two titles to everything there's a legal title that that um, owns title who, who is this phone that I'm holding owned by that's that's the legal title. The second is the equitable title. And the equitable equitable title says who owns the value of this phone. Okay? And give me the equitable title anytime. And that's that's what this program does to protect everything you've got. In many instances, in several instances, I guess I should say, the equity is protected in everything that you transferred to the STS program. The equity is protected. Okay? And um, so let's see. At the moment, it is uh, at the moment it is essentially unprotected outside the STS. Um, now you can you can protect it with Schedule B1, which is protecting the equity. Okay, you just use Schedule B1 and um, fill it in, get it notarized or Commissioner of Oaths, and um, um, it's a done deal. Okay, the equity is equity is intangible personal property. Anything that has been defined as personal property, which is your income also, by the way, anything that is defined as personal property is um, can be protected. You have the right. In the U.S., we've got, uh, we've got um, <laughs> Fourth Amendment, uh, illegal search and seizure of, of property. In Canada, Lawrence just sent it to me. You've got the right to protect your property. And and I haven't even opened it or went through it yet, but we talked about it for a few minutes when he was taking me to the airport. So, um, let's see, at the moment, it is essentially unprotected. 
outside. No, it shouldn't be. Just fill out Schedule B1 and it'll be fine. Uh, contractual exchange and make sure you get it notarized, though, because that that that's that uh, verifies the date that you changed everything. Exchange for certificates is already complete, and the new property was purchased outside the trust. That's fine. Don't worry about that. Um, um, okay. In order to protect the new property within the trust, I have proposed that we do the following. Let me tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. I haven't read it yet. Um, this was a last minute thing because I, I was flying today and traveling, and I just got here in time for the call. Um, Number one, produce a minute order and possibly a contractual undertaking or assignment dated prior to the new property purchase date, authorizing the certificate holder to act on behalf certificate holder to act on behalf of the trust to purchase the property. No, it wouldn't be the certificate holder. It would be the uh, certificate holder is just a beneficiary. It would be maybe you just mistyped in there. Um, it would be the trustee authorizing the trustee to act on behalf of the trust. That's the only person that can act on behalf of a trust to purchase the property for the trust using the contractor's credit. I'm going to have to check with that on that to make sure that we're okay. Have Trust One open a provincial numbered corporation to hold the legal title only of the property. The equity goes to Trust Two. Correct. Uh -huh. The minute order contract would indemnify the uh, contractor and assume you know I don't know that to be the case so I'm not going to be able to here here's the here's the way it's got to be done in Canada my friends um, and when you purchase something outside of the contract contractual agreement that you initially set up when you set up the STS program if you want to purchase something outside of that um, you, you basically unless it's something that's been spoken for ahead of time but if you're going to purchase a piece of property, we always say at least use some money from the LLC or the trust as part of the down payment or something. That allows you to bring it into the trust. Uh, if it's a personal residence, use the trust, not the uh, corporation or the LLC. But uh, that way it brings it inside the trust. And you can go outside the trust. The trust can authorize to go outside and get another mortgage. But you're basically, you've got to purchase it from the trust or the LLC, i.e., corporation okay it's got to be done that way you got to put a thousand dollars down or ten thousand fifty whatever you're going to do i hope you understand that because see the contract consideration has got to be passed between the, the people and when this contract started it it was you putting all of your assets into the trust giving it to the creator he made an offer if you'll give me your assets i'll give you trust certificates there's always only 100 certificates you gave up you gave all of your assets and you received 100 certificates. So now if you were to take another piece of property and try it later and to put it inside the trust just on its own, um, there's no consideration. It wouldn't be a valid contract. You have to put, you have to give up certificates. The certificates are already gone uh, or, and, um, and you're giving up the property. So I would, you've got to link that some way to the trust. So the trust, the trust can put, as long as you put, uh, let's say, from the LLC or the trust, you put a, a down payment and just make a minute order and note that it is coming from that trust or from that LLC or from that corporation, the down payment is. It's 
So that links it to the trust to the uh, as the first lien holder, and you would get a uh, on the legal papers it would still show it as the uh, as the first lien holder. But you authorize the trust um, the trustees go out and get a mortgage on the rest of that piece of property that they're purchasing. Okay, now that links it, and I'm going to check with uh, Ed Gilmore to make sure that's fine with taxes and everything. But that links it right to the trust. But you've got to understand this is a private contract, and you've got to follow. The rules of the private contract, which are, we've only got the consideration has been given up by both sides, so there's not really any way to add anything to that. Um, okay, the minute order contract would identify. I'll have to go over that more and see what we can do. Um, but I think I hope you understand um, why what we've got to deal with, and um, you have a formatted minute order already made up. No, we don't have anything for that because um, I don't know how long he's had his program, James, but you've got to, he should have developed, um, he should have developed some um, credit by now for his trust or his uh, LLC, whichever it is. Uh, trust account is set up. I want to put my commissions from, this is a different, this is a different question. Trust account is already set up and I want to put my commissions from my network marketing company in the trust name. How do I do that without a corporation? Um, you can't. You need to set up a corporation for that. Uh, or can I put it in trust name and account? How would I switch it to corporation later when set up? Okay, you're, now you can put it into the into the trust account, but you're making it, you're putting it trust then in a liability position, I wouldn't expose the trust for that. I would set up, a, um, uh, uh, obviously you're from Canada because you're talking about corporations, I would, I would immediately set up a corporation with the trust as the shareholder. And then you simply put the, um, you simply take your, cor um, that would be, that would be one of the things that's transferred into the corporation would be the monthly income from your MLM company. Okay, but yeah, you need, you know, if you're going to, guys, I was very fortunate when I started my company in Chicago, the brokerage firm and the construction company. I was always talking to people that were very successful. I would take them out to lunch. How did you, how did you do what you did? How did you become successful? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was always, whenever there was a successful person, I also... Um, would would um, if somebody was talking? I mean, you know, I'd driven six, seven hours with my partner, and we would go listen to a successful person, like Lee Iacocca, like Donald Trump, like Stanley Kresge, anybody that was successful. And we heard they would be speaking. This was before cell phones. It was even before the the little cards. Remember, you used to use the number on the card to go to a stop at a pay booth and and punch in the numbers so you didn't have to put money out of your pocket. And uh, guys, you've got to do. If you're going into business, which you are with this program, you're living your life as a business. There's tremendous benefits to it, uh, benefits unlike any other business format. So you've got to do it the right way. I'm telling you, you want to start a corporation now. You don't want to put that money into a trust and then try to put it out later. You're, you're just exposing it all over the place, okay? So get yourself a corporation set up and set it up for the specific purpose. The trust will be the shareholder, so you don't own it, but you control it. And the, the trust will uh, 
uh, or else, or rather, the uh, the new corporation will receive all your commissions. It'll pay whatever it wants. It can buy things. It can do whatever it has to do. But do it right the first time. Don't don't be trying to. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't want to be part of something that's that's um, being done halfway. And I know you're. This that isn't a that isn't a, a cut on you. Uh, I'm just telling you the right way to do it. And right off the bat is to start a corporation. It's not that big a deal, and uh, in your particular province and. Uh, you put the uh, part of your consideration is to put the uh, put the um, earnings from the MLM company into that corporation. Okay, just make them aware of it. Let them send that the check will come in the name of that corporation, and uh, get in touch with your MLM company. And we've got a lot of people that have done that. We've got a lot of people with Amway guys. By the way, anybody you know that's in an MLM, they need the STS program because that money that, that's coming to them in a corporation in their name where they're the shareholder or the or the uh, uh, member, it can be taken in a heartbeat. If I get a lawsuit against you, and the simplest thing, I guess, is a car accident, uh, to use as an uh, example, I get a judgment against you, you don't have any money or enough money to pay it, I'll get, I'll get it from your MLM company because it's in an entity that you own. And I'll get it from there. You won't get any more money from your MLM company until my judgment has been satisfied. So anybody you know that's in a, we've got a lot of people from Amway, from different things all over, uh, different MLM company, companies. Um, um, a lot of them, as a matter of fact, some of them won't allow their allow people to come in unless they, they set up an STS program uh, because they don't want the liability and the potential lawsuits. So anyway, uh, set up a corporation, Okay. We are in the STS program, living in Alberta, Canada. We have set up an LLC bank account for properties. What are the tax implications? Well, um, all depends what you want to do. Um, uh, tax implications of that are that any profits that LLC uh, makes is, uh, see, I would, if you're in, you're in Alberta, the LLC is basically a holding company. It holds your assets the instant you take take um, the instant you set up your program. The uh, the assets are transferred first to Trust One, and then immediately the trust creates the LLC and it's transferred down to the LLC. So I would I would set up a um, you're asking me the best way to do it. I would set up a corporation, an Alberta numbered corporation. We're so, all of the corporations we set up are going to be numbered, and we got. Um, Thumbs up on that from everybody because that way it remains private. You don't have to worry about picking a name for your corporation. But I would set up a, a corporation and um, um, do a bank account for properties. I would I would put the uh, make that the bank account for the uh, properties. Okay, not an LLC. Make it make it a uh, a corporation and keep your your. Keep your that one separate, just for properties. If that's what you want. If you've got rental properties, if you've got investment properties, you keep it separate. Now, the tax implications on a corporation, they're going to be just like any other corporation. Okay, you're going to have tax implications naturally. Um, uh, and then, of that corporation that you set up, the trust will be the manager. You'll put a lien. Excuse me. The trust will be the shareholder. You will put a lien on that. Corporation, a PPSA and a UCC one, and guys, it is impenetrable. Uh, you'll put the lien for more than the value of everything that you own, and uh, nobody's going to be able. You're in you're in priority position. You're right in the front. Nobody can circumvent you, not the CRA or anybody else. And uh, and just a note on these CRAs. Ed and I had a good talk about that. 
guys, they don't have to let up on you at all. We send in letters, and to date we've been very successful, and we let them know that, that you own nothing. But, but um, you may get an agent, but that's not enough for him. He's going to continue to come after you. Now, the one lawyer in, um, where is he at? I think, I think Toronto sent me a thing and said, Mike, according to Section 160 of the code, well, they, they can come after you anywhere. They can take it out of your... No, they can't. I read 160. Somebody printed it out and gave it to me. Uh, Armin Kuzmal gave it to me when I met with him Friday morning in Calgary. And um, they, they can't take it at all. Okay? But but anyway, um, the only time you're assured... See, they never have to let go of you. They may stop bothering you for a while, but they can come back after you later and add penalties and interest. They can doesn't mean they will because uh, they want to go where they can make some money too. They want to go after somebody that that um, uh, they can get money out of, okay? So uh, what are the tax implications? That will be the normal tax implications. Um, am I best to change the bank account to Canadian Corporation? Absolutely, and I just explained why. It's a Canadian entity. We want to keep the LLC now in Canada. We want to keep it in the background. It's done. It won't be done anymore. We're going to be doing... Corporations right off the bat, no LLCs for Canadian clients. It's not. It serves its purpose. It's holding your assets. But if you're going into a business or if you've got properties that you want that, that create an income for you and you want to do it the best way, all of the uh, Canadian tax professionals they understand a corporation, a Canadian corporation. Make it easy on them because then they can uh, make it easy on you. Um, if I do a quick claim, does this create a tax problem? I'm not sure in Canada. That's a question I've asked Ed about, and he was going to check into it for me, but he hasn't done it yet. I'm not positive about a quick claim in Canada, okay? Um, I have these investment proceeds coming in. This is a different question. And I was wondering if I got a Wells Fargo account set up before the proceeds come, if I could get Wells Fargo to leave the transfer funds there in an account in my name. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. If I if if I have these investment proceeds coming, and I was wondering, I have the, and I was wondering if I got a Wells Fargo account set up before the proceeds come in, if I could get Wells Fargo to leave the transfer funds there in my account name, in an account in my name. They keep telling me they have to stay in my name because the original documents are in my name and not the trust. Okay. I know who this is, and I know their question. Now, we've already talked about it. Once they are now in an account in the Wells Fargo in my name, could I transfer from Wells Fargo to the trust account in Canada at a later date instead of into an account in my name? You, you, you're, if it's coming in your name um, in the U.S., you can easily transfer that into your trust account. No problems whatsoever. You can transfer anything in your name into a trust account. Um, I was also told by Ed that he's going to check on that. I left him a voicemail again. Haven't heard back from him since. I know he's extremely busy, and uh, um, but we, I will be finding that out. But you can put it in your name now that you've started. But you list the you list the investment in um, you list the investment in the uh, in with the on on um, schedule um, B B 
You list the investment on Schedule B4. That way you've linked that investment to your name, and all of the, uh, all of the proceeds that will be in your personal account will be protected. You've got your program, so I would, I would, um, I would create, uh, I would create a, a B4 for that particular investment. You list the name of the investment, and you list any, any numbers if you've got an account number or something with that investment, and it's protected even though it's in your, your personal account. The funds, you've transferred the equity of that investment into Trust One, okay? And as quickly as possible then, after you get the funds, as quickly as possible, just transfer the funds as soon as they've cleared. See, when people are going to be getting money from, from whether it's a currency investment, whether it's any other type of investment, once it funds, um, you need to get it transferred out. It, 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 most likely, it'll, you set it up prior to the STS program, so more than likely, it will come in um, in your name, okay? Just like RRSP and, and all of that, or Social Security in the U.S., it, the check's going to come in your name, okay? They're protected where they're at, but the check's going to come in your name. That is not protected unless you've taken steps to protect it through, through um, assignment of income. Okay, you've got to do that. Here, you just need to, to list it in, um, you can, I would do both an assignment of income for the investment and I would list it on Schedule B4 and you get that, get both documents notarized, okay? And I'll talk to you about that tomorrow again if that doesn't clear it up for you. It may. And um, let's see, we're going to, um, I'm going to go back. We've got a few questions here now on the uh, computer. When applying for, guess 13, when applying for credit, what birth date is used? What address is used? Um, you use the address set up in your trust, you, which is your home address, okay? Um, you can do that. That's no problem. Uh, you've got an office for the trust in your or the, or the Canadian Corporation or the LLC. Um, you've got a room in your house that you use for an office or an area in your house. And um, so when you apply for credit, use that. That uh, uh, birth date, you can use the date it was established. And um, I don't remember what I did. It was a long time ago. I went into pennies and I bought a couple pair of shoes. And then I, the first six or seven months, I simply made the payment as directed. And um, I did it with, you know, some of these places, Sears, pennies, uh, different stores, Kohl's. They'll, give a, they'll basically give a, a credit card to a, to a dog or a cat if you want. But... Uh, um, so anyway, yeah, that's what I would do. Go, go in, and guys, just try it. Get, you know, get off your duff, and go out and start building some credit. Here's the, here's the best way to do it. If you've got the funds to do it, you take a thousand dollars, or you take five thousand, or whatever, three thousand. You take a, a somewhat substantial amount of money that you have that you can use, and you uh, go in and buy a CD at a, at a top-rated bank. Uh, if you're in Canada, you know, uh, TD, CIBC, Bank of Montreal. If you're in the states, it would be a, um, it would be Chase or Wells Fargo or B of A or Regions, one of the top, you know, a, a decent bank, and make sure that they report to the credit bureau. Just ask your banker. You buy a CD for let's say three thousand dollars. It can be a thousand, not too little, or it won't make a big enough difference. I would say nothing under a thousand. And you buy a CD, and then two days later you go back to that bank. You take your CD with you and you, you tell them you want a loan for $3,000 and here's the CD and it's 100% collateral. Um, you take, so they give you the loan, no reason not to. You walk out of the bank with a check for $3,000 
and you uh, maybe the next day you go to another bank, another one of the rated banks, and you uh, are just at least a bank that everybody knows, and you do the same thing. You buy a CD. You go in two days later, and you tell them you want a, uh, a loan for that um, $3,000. They give you a loan. You take that $3,000 check and do it one more time with the third bank. And, guys, you make your payment. You use that money to make your payment every um, every month right on time. Okay? Uh, matter of fact, it's better if you come in a couple of days early with your payment. And then at the end of six or seven months, and I got this out of a out of a uh, economic book, it was a way to way to establish credit. At the end of six to seven months, seventh month, you've got AAA credit in three banks. You've made your payments on time. It's been for a decent amount of money. So you've established credit in six to seven months. Don't get the cart in front of the horse. Like when that person was buying that house, um, understand the rules of finance and, and do everything accordingly, okay? Because that will make you very successful, okay? Um, so that's that's how you do it. That's how you can develop credit. It's a couple of different ways, okay? Uh, let's see, wealth coaches. On the client question, B1 is used at the STS creation date. Well, now you can you can actually transfer at any time, but basically it, it, the equity should be owned by the trust at that point. It should be done within the first week, okay? I thought it couldn't be used to transfer any new assets after the fact. You're right, and that's why I said you've got to link the trust or the, if, if it's a personal residence, I would use the trust. Um, James, if it's a, um, if it's not, but that's what I said. You can't just bring something in. You've got to link it to the trust. I don't know that that a minute order is just another way of just bringing something in, but I'm going to uh, share that with um, with um, uh, Ed Gilmore for tax purposes, and uh, also I've got a contract attorney. <clears throat> He's a private attorney, just a friend, but I'm going to ask him. We're we're looking for ways. A way to bring the bring new assets into the trust, but for right now, I know we've talked about that quite some time ago. And he says you the basic thing you have to do is link the purse the purchase of something new to the trust or the LLC, or in Canada it would be to the trust or a corporation. So if you have the trust set up a corporation, and then you and let's say you put enough money in there to put some type of down payment. On that piece of property, and then also a minute order to give that to give that corporation the authority to go out and uh, um, uh, secure a mortgage on that property. Okay, so you can do that. You can secure whoever you want to do your taxes. You can secure loans, um, whatever you have to do through the trust. But this way, you've linked it. Now I'm going to ask him about that if that's the proper way to do it. I'll get an answer for you. Um, it's not that, um, and, and we want to be able to do that, but we got to do it correctly so somebody can't inadvertently get a lawsuit against that uh, corporation and uh, say, well, hey, this wasn't done correctly, okay? So before we, um, before we go out on a limb, let's make sure that we're doing it right for the client. And I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what was said to do. You've got to link it. Um, you've got to bring it into the, the sphere of the corporation in Canada and uh, or the trust in Canada and um, be able to link it that way and then then a minute order to give the trustees permission to go out and get a, a mortgage um, and that person would be a trustee so he can get a mortgage and use his name I just want to make sure how we would put the verbiage on that um, 
because that would actually be outside the the trust or the LL or the corporation. But um, that's a good question. Thanks for bringing it up. We will. I will work on that. Okay, my friend. And it was good seeing you and Coral over the weekend too. I enjoyed our get together there at A and W. Thank God Canada has A and Ws on every street corner. If you're no better root beer in the world, I don't think. If you're my opinion only. If your trust gets a bank credit card, will it start creating credit as it is used? Yes, if it's a credit card, not a debit card. So if you can get a bank credit card, that's fine. That is perfect. Even, guys, even if you have to sign off as a, a co-signer, do it. You want to get that credit established, do it. Sign off as a co, uh, co-signer, okay? Personal co-signer. Let's see. Consider all, consideration already occurred at the outset. A new purchase was made already with no money from the STS. Thus, how do we link it now? Oh, he's already purchased it. Oh, my, I apologize, James. I didn't know it had been. I thought he was thinking of purchasing. I read it. I didn't. I didn't read it in full, or I, I just misread it or something. Okay, let me. Uh, we. I've talked with uh, with Jane, um, Jerry about that from time to time, but we never did really set anything in place. So let me see what we can do, even if it means... Well, let me see what we can do. I don't want to give any ideas right now, but we'll see what we can do because we've been meaning to do that. We want to do that anyway so we can have new assets added to the trust, okay? Okay, okay, we got one here. Okay, can the trust now buy the new property from the individual even though the person has bought it with a loan from the bank? You know, maybe we can um, do a um, a contract sale. You know, where the where the trust would buy it on contract. And that's what I was thinking about a minute ago. Um, if he's already purchased it in his name, that shouldn't be hard to do. Let me check on that for you. But um, we'll find out exactly because we don't want to get in a position where. Somebody gets in a trick bag, they end up losing the property, and who are they going to sue? You. And who, they, who else are they going to sue? Master's Protection Group. But we don't own anything, so they can't, wouldn't, wouldn't get anything from either one of us. So it would be an act of futility. Okay? So, my friends, um, perhaps you can fully address the case again next week with the full answer. I will try my best to get in touch with Jerry. And um, he's a very busy attorney, too. He's, uh, he's been a good friend for about 25 years. And... Um, He's the one that has seven clients, makes eight figures a year, and um, he's, he's very astute. He's been right. That's all he does is pure contract trust, okay? Um, and he doesn't he doesn't take any more clients because he says they're enough. He says, I don't know how you handle all the clients you've got. I said, well, okay, let's see. Not, not G-E-R-V, or is that G-E-R-Y? Um no, Jerry's the private attorney I know. Um, so he's not he's not anybody that you know. Okay. Um, who else? Anybody? Now, is there anybody on the telephones that may have a question? Um, if you do, press star 8 and have your question ready. I'll take a few minutes here and, and have your question ready so you can ask me your question and we can move on to the next one. I see we've got a couple here. Yes, that, that, no, Jerry is my private attorney friend. Okay. Okay. Central Coastal California. Yeah. Uh, on the um, P 
people looking at the trust. If somebody looks at the trust, we let them look at it, then you will resign as a trustee. Can I let my tax people uh, go in as non-voting trustees and then look at the trust? Is that possible? Well, they don't need to. I'm a non-voting trustee for your program. I'm, I'm on every program. That, who is this, by the way? Dwayne Chapman. Dwayne Chapman. Okay. Oh, hi, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah. Good. No, they don't need to put anybody else on as a trustee. If it's somebody for taxes, you can just take your taxes to them. Or if you're using Bill Tully, you can just send your taxes to Bill, and he'll he'll take care of them for you. He doesn't have to be a trustee on that at all. Well, the reason I wanted him to look at it was I want him to make sure that I've done everything properly, signed everything properly, and done it properly. And this is a woman that is getting acquainted with your stuff and is going to be doing uh, a lot of your type of things. Okay, sure. she. You can you can show it to anybody on a need to know basis, and that would be it. You don't have to make them a trustee, is what I'm saying. So you can you oh, can show okay. it. Yeah, you can show it to her. Just don't let her keep it overnight, or don't let her make copies of anything. Okay, that that's what we ask you to make sure that you do on our behalf. Okay, that's what I'll do. Thank you very much. All right, nice talking to you, Dwayne. Hope everything's going well, my friend. It is. See you later. Good. Okay. Let's see. Now we've got. Uh, Northern Alberta. Northern Alberta, you are on the call. Who's this? Hello, maybe it's Howard you're looking for? Northern Alberta? Yeah, who is this? It's Howard Garstad. Oh, okay, Garstad. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Good to hear from you. What's up? Okay, I'm going to form a a numbered company for for the uh, provincial taxing. Okay, and I I've read I heard everything you just said, but is there is there some paperwork that I can get from your people for for putting a lien on the PSSA and the CR one? Um, UCC one, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can send you the 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 application and the address to on the UCC. They don't do it online anymore for whatever reasons. I don't know why. But we can. Uh, I can send you that address, and I can send you the the uh, PPSA, the Easy PPSA app, where you just click on it and you go right to it. And everybody said it takes 10 to 15 minutes, as simple as can be. And uh, I can send just um, just send me. What, what's your first name again? Howard. Howard. Yes. Uh, I couldn't hear. I, I couldn't make it out when you first said it, Howard. Um, yeah. Just send me an email, Howard, to mpgprotect at aol dot com. My email address. Just send me an email and say, Mike, I need for the uh, I need for the PPSA and the UCC. I need info for the PPSA and the UCC, and I'll get it right out to you. We'll get it right out okay. to you. Okay. And the right. number company is the way to go for the for the uh, for the corporation for uh, the provincial corporation, eh? Yeah, I, I, I talked to a lot of people, and they all agree, even Ed Gilmore, because that way it does. Sometimes people set up names that kind of link back to their own name or something. Don't want that. Privacy is the name of the game. So, yeah, just do the numbered company. I will so, and I thank you for that, and I will kick this off to you. And, okay. Uh, I sent you an email a little while ago. Maybe you got it and didn't like it, or did you get it? No, I apologize. I've been super busy. I'm going to catch up tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I'm not worrying about it. Don't worry about that one, then, because this one here will cover it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did see your email though. I glanced at it on the plane, and and I'm getting I'm going to be all cleared up here in the next couple of days. So, all right, Thank my friend. Sir. Thanks for calling in, Howard. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, bye. Bye. Okay. Now we've got. <laughs> I know who this is. Northwest Illinois. Hi, Verva. Hi. 
Actually, I don't have a question other than the fact that my phone call did get through to you because I've tried different times. And okay, well, it worked this time. What's that? It worked this time. You got yeah. a call in and got it, through. It worked this time and I got through. So hopefully when okay. I do have a question, I will be able to get through and get it. You got it, dear. Okay, have a good Thanks. week. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, let's see if anybody else has a question here on the telephone. Yes, we do. We've got Minnesota. Minnesota, you're on the line. Who is this? Hi, this is Carol in Minnesota. Carol, how are you? Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Good. I've been hearing contrary information that LLCs are limited liability companies, not corporations. So I'm confused. Can you enlighten us? It is company, limited liability company. It's not It's not a corporation. All this time I thought we had a trust and a corporation. <laughs> hey, I did. I thought it was a corporation for a long time, too. But so does that, change anything as far as, does that change anything as far as our protection under the program? No, limited liability company. See, the and Bill Tully will probably talk about it on Saturday's webinar, so don't miss it. If you, It's going to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, Bill is so good when he explains the tax situations for the U.S. Um, he just, he's just great at it. And um, um, he, he explains that SS, uh, excuse me, subchapter S corporations were set up to help with tax situations, and then they realized they were losing money, so... Then the states got together and put together the limited liability company, and they are much more flexible than a corporation, much easier to work with. And everybody knows what they are and how to use them now. So, yeah, that's the way to go. I, I would never have another corporation. Okay, so that was Saturday. You were giving us all the other info I have written down. I just didn't write down the date, Saturday. Yep, Saturday, the, uh, what is that, the 26th, I believe? All right, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for calling in, Okay, who else do we have here? I thought we had another one. We must have hung up. Um, okay, we got some more questions here. It says, Mike, do I understand you correctly that we take a copy of the UCC1 lien and have that filed with the county? Um, you must be, oh, Ken, yeah, Macintex. Yeah, you do. And here's the reason. Um, we were just using, going to use just the... Um, um, out of Washington, D.C. But first of all, they went offline. But even before that, we realized that most people, if they're if they're checking you out, we want them to know that that lien's there in most cases. If they're checking you out to file a lawsuit or something, um, and they see that lien for, and they hire an asset investigator and know how much you're worth, and they see a lien for more than what you're worth, they're gonna they're not even gonna waste their time with filing a suit against you. Um, so if it's if it's strictly um, and we can take it off any time. So if somebody sees it, um, but it's very rare that they would check the national archives. They generally just check the the county um, um, the county database where you live. Okay. So we tell people for maximum privacy or for maximum protection, file a, uh, a UCC where you live. Most I don't think there's any of them over fifty bucks. Most are right around 20 bucks now I think since I was paying 12 in Florida when I was filing liens down there but um, file a county and then file a federal federal you have to print it out and guys the UCC1 explanation 
the UCC1 blank, the UCC3, not explanation, example, UCC3 example, and the UCC blank is on the CD that you get with your documents. So make sure that you go through those and look at them. Very simple. When you open up, put the CD in your computer, and it'll come up. It'll be the blank docs for your um, minute orders. But also you'll see UCC1 and UCC3 there. So print out the example and then fill in the blank UCC1 and send it in to the uh, address. If you need the address, um, we should put that right in there with them. We haven't been doing that, but I, I just thought of that. So thank you for the question, Ken. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, guys, we've come to that bewitching hour. I think I'm all out of questions here. And um, yes, we have. So, um, guys, I want to just thank you. And, and please do yourself a favor. Start your program as soon as you can. Not for my benefit. It's for your benefit. We've got hundreds, several hundred people that have been sued since they started their program. And uh, this has protected them 100%. Don't, let that, don't get yourself in the trick bag and, and let somebody sue you while you're unprotected. So with that, I want to tell you again, Just uh, if you want an application, just email me. We'll get you an application out right away. So with that, uh, God bless each one of you. Thank you for taking the time to come again on this Monday night. It's always my privilege and my honor and my pleasure to, to share what I know with you. So um, with that, good night, and I will see you next Monday, same time, same station. Good night, Mom and Dad. Good night, Rita. And Dave. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.